Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Stephen Steele, it's good to talk to you about your trilogy. Trilogy, wow. Uh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Nice um, to be here. Yeah. I, I, before, we're not going to get into the story be, and because there's a lot of detail in that. But yeah. I, but I, I like to focus on the characters. So Alex and Sid, tell us a little bit about them and how they kind of relate to each other. Well, in the, in the first, well, Alex um, is a um, a ER doc who who had a, a tragic early life, and as a result, got involved with opioids and 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 drugs, and so his life is pretty well shattered when he gets a. Uh, a rather confusing but urgent message from a dear friend to to come to Montana and 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 help him with with again something that's 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 not fully explained but but mysterious. When he gets here, he meets uh, Sid, who is a uh, botanist and a uh, broke rancher, a very beautiful gal, but you can't tell from the way she's uh, all bundled up and dressed and in winter clothing. And that's the way it all starts. And they do not get along very well at all in the beginning. Because, and first of all, she doesn't even trust him and doesn't even know why the heck he's there. They get involved in this great adventure of their friend who has been murdered mysteriously, and they don't know why. And they ultimately end up discovering that he had invented a inexpensive organically grown cure for viral disease mm-hmm. that everything from coronavirus to cancer to the common cold that gets um that that big karma will do anything big pharma will do anything to keep off the market because of course it affects their bottom line they're gonna so it's a it's a pretty deadly situation and they involve of course the government and the media to make this drug, this inexpensive cure-all, illegal. Mm-hmm. So that have that has it was written long before the pandemic, but that certainly has implications. Sure. Today, now, mm-hmm. like all my books, that's the one sci-fi element mm-hmm. of the book. Each book has a sci-fi element that's almost real and could be real tomorrow. Sci-Fi Talk continues, so stay tuned. And that one is that particular crop that cures everything. And then another one of your books, it's uh, it's actually Easter Island. And this is actually supposed to be something that, and, and talk about being in the news, to, uh, to literally come up with a, a safe nuclear fusion. Talk about that. It was researching something like that, I guess, did you contact anyone in the nuclear industry to get some information, that kind of thing? Well, all this, all this uh, again, after the book just came out, of course, we know that the at the Lawrence Livermore Laboratory, they, yeah. they first time uh, created fusion here on Earth. So, again, it ain't that far-fetched, you know? Yeah, you might um, say ripped from the headlines a little bit. Ripped from the, you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> I am a, a voracious researcher. I, I didn't I don't know anything about this, but I write myself into these corners <laughs> and 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 I have to figure out how now that I've done it, I can't just say, oh, this just happens. I mean, it you know, 
that's not good writing. I try to come up with plausible, realistic, the existing science. And from that, I sort of extrapolate the, 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 the fiction part of it. And of course, in the story, it involves ultimately this, the ancient aliens that were here 10,000 years ago. They were driven out of Ch uh, Chile or Chile, as they pronounce it, That's and, right. and uh, driven to the uh, Chilean, which is now the Chilean territory of Easter Island. So I really ultimately wanted to write about the all that mystery and magic of the Easter Island statute. I had no idea what, how I was going to do it or how I was going to get myself out, out of that one. But it all came together really well in that, that fusion. And then at that point, I had to come up with cold fusion, which, of course, um, uh, has been poo-pooed and dis disproven. But I came up with a really plausible way it would work. And that is the 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 sci-fi part of that story mm -hmm. the, the alien and the and the thing but it's also just a, a an exciting adventure thriller that 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 ranges from the high desert of of chile to to the easter islands with with lots of character uh, wonderful characters that the readers are loving the characters you know three different romances going on and uh, <laughs> uh you, you gotta you know you gotta have the you gotta have the romance in the book, but but not period. You know, I don't write uh, graphic sex. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I'm more uh, uh, waves cut to the waves crashing on the beach kind of guy. <laughs> yes, I hear you. Yeah, and that creates a better uh, a better better storytelling, I think. And then there's the organ grinder factor, and what is interesting about that, and I, I saw a quote that this is actually happening. I, I've seen them 3D print now a rocket that was actually going to be launched, which is amazing. I don't know if you've seen the series, The Peripheral, but the main character actually works in a store that's loaded with 3D printers and they print up everything. This is set in the near future. It's based on William Gibson's books. So uh, yeah, it's actually, it was pretty interesting. But I'm not gonna get into the whole thing of it, but essentially you, um, the, the main character discovers that she can go into an alternate world and occupy like essentially a body that's it's just a body sort of like avatar it's it's mm. literally an avatar and then you have all these physical skills but you still have your own personality so anyway that's what that's about what's interesting is you said that they actually are working on right now and have maybe developed already 3D printing some uh, human organs? They they have printed, uh, successfully printed uh, human tissue. Human tissue, wow. So, I mean, that's that's fact. But, and I'll, I'll get back to answering specifically your question in just a moment. Sure. But the, the cool thing about sci-fi is all things are created from the imagination. That's right. And that's how we manifest stuff in real life. When, when I was a kid, there was this wonderful movie in the 50s called Destination Moon. Yes, you know? yes. I've seen and, it, of course. And, and I, I'd go around the house going 10, 9, 8, 7, you know, blast off until I drove my parents crazy. But, you know, then a moment later, a minute later, you know, Neil Armstrong's walking on the moon. That's how we, that's how it goes. So the, that's what's so wonderful about science fiction 
is that it is the it, it, it's the the impetus it, it creates the future the future yeah. and without that imagination you don't have a future you know you yeah. just keep on till you destroy everything and say um <laughs> in, in answer to your question in this story which again takes place in the reality of the horrors of uh child slavery in Africa which is yeah. an old, uh, yeah. tragedy yeah, that, which yeah unfortunately it is yeah yeah um it, it's amazing so that's all fa- factual and and the the protagonists have to flee there and ultimately end up in in Israel and, and get involved in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that I mean mm. just read today like the the Palestinians just launched like seven or eight rockets into into Israel into, yeah. into uh, Jerusalem um, fortunately, they all blew up in the air. And again, there's you got to be careful when you're writing about that kind of stuff because there are two sides to that argument. Oh, they sure are. And 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 they're both right. They're both wrong. And and you know, I'm not here to 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 make judgments, uh, but I just want to dramatize the reality. Of what and in the book, we dramatize something that actually happened about 20 odd years ago. It's called the Siege of Bethlehem. That the uh, uh, the Church of the Manger was was taken over and a whole bunch of people held hostage for three weeks. And that works very nicely into the story. But, oh, wow. but in this, again, get back to the sci-fi part of it, the organ grinder replaces human organs without the need for surgery. It's not possible right now. No, no. Oh, but, okay. but, but, but I do have photographs. I have pictures of human 3D organs or, or 3D that, been, tissue that's been printed up. Replicated with it. So, that that is fiction now it doesn't but the way i describe it in the book it absolutely is believable and it would work because it works the the organ grinder works just like your color printer on your desk you know there are four colors in in your printer right right uh magenta and uh uh you know black and couple of yellow um and blue and a blue and a light blue in a light blue right um so i I bought those uh cartridges many times i know i know know. and every time you do you go oh are you kidding Uh, i know but from those four colors you make virtually every every color in existence i don't know how but it does Mm -hmm. and the same way that there are there are um basic uh building blocks of the of the human you know the, the, of the human body there's you know major classes of of uh biomolecules you know carbohydrates hydrates mm-hmm. lipids nucle- nucleic acids yep including dna and rna and protein and you know protein makes up 80 percent of the body so in this case we've got vats of those and a whole bunch of other stuff um you know sulfur phosphorus oxygen nitrogen carbon goes on and on and those are the those are your four colors, if you will, that you can make all human cells. So this mechanism goes down through the organ, uh, beam of light, and replaces the damaged cells one micro layer at a time. Wow, <laughs> and it's really cool. So that is interesting. I mean, that that's what caught my attention. That that people are. I mean, it could if it happens in real life, it could totally revolutionize. Uh, surgeries and 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 people can get hearts, livers, kidneys replaced without having a specific donor because I guess they can literally make it to their DNA so there'd be no rejection by the body, which is amazing. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and yeah, it's really exciting. And again, 
it's sci-fi, yeah, but it's but it that's what create that that's what'll create it tomorrow. It could be working on it right now. We just don't know about it. You never know. I mean, well, I have be- a I, I have a, a a close friend. I don't know this guy, but he but she is close to the guy and and his wife who invented the three D printer. <laughs> and, she, and she gets to go on their jet plane all over the place. Uh, I bet she does. <laughs> Your your main characters are they based on anybody that you know or or maybe elements of them? Not elements, of course. I just have that kind of imagination that that it all goes into this giant melting pot of of, of information that I don't even know was there until I'm ready to tap it. But I, I'm also a, a student of psychology my whole life, and the characters that come up. And and my book of each book is full of a whole different cast of of really interesting characters. You like them, you love them, and they're three dimensional, and they all come out of reality. They all come out of my observations. They somehow find their way into my stories. They appear, then they just have their own role. And I and I'm sitting there on my on my laptop. I'm typing, and I go, "Geez, the guy said that." What you know? I'm I'm hearing it just like the readers hearing it, and I just take dictation. There's a in this organ grinder factor. There's there's this pair of water engineers, fat man and little boy. Yeah, uh, heard about uh, them. <laughs> and you know they're just just irresistible characters. There's a French lady who is a uh, philanthropist in in Africa, and then there's of course. Um, there's a uh, once we get to Israel, there's a there's a George Soros type character, and uh, it, it goes on and on again. I don't want to get into the weeds of the story, but sure. But but, but it's it it it's it's peopled, and ultimately, you know, we talk about a cure for viruses. We talk about a three D printer. We talk about uh, fusion energy, but really, those are these are backgrounds. What we really care about, and what you're asking about, is we. When you read a story, you care about the characters. Oh, absolutely. Without them, you're sunk. You yeah, really I mean, are sunk. I mean, we're just we're not just run, run, chase, chase, you know, who cares about the Russians and the but if if you put it in an exciting environment and then people can react to these to this to the situations, then then it's interesting. But it is background. But but again, I try not to write derivative stuff. I try to write stories that are that are unique and mm-hmm. that you haven't read and seen before. You know what I mean? And sure. And, and, and people that you haven't seen before. Sci-Fi Talk returns in a moment. No, yes. that's cool. That's very cool. Uh, as far as planning these books, do you start with each book individually and then come up with an idea on the new book? Or did you plan it as a trilogy? And you say in this book they're going to do this, second one they're going to do this, and the third one they're going to do that. I, I'm not that clever. Um, <laughs> I wrote this first one, and then my agent said, "Well, I've got this publisher, but he only publishes series." And, oh. I, said, and I said, "Oh man, you know, I want I want everything to be different." And they said, "Well, you know, it's 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 a pretty good launch pad." So I got involved with uh, the publishers called Speaking Volumes, and the publisher ultimately became a very good friend of mine, or, or we're, you know, business friends. And at, at the end of each story, 
I come up with something that's going to bring, lead us into the next story. But I honestly have no idea where it's going to go. At the end of um, at the end of Organ Grinder, the uh, Sid and Alex go home. They go home to Montana. They get married. They're going to settle down. You know, enough of all of this exhausting adventure. You know, okay, we did it. Let's have kids, live in, live a normal life. They're meant one of their their mentor. Their, one of their sponsors is this wonderful Salish Indian fellow named Clarence. He's a retired tech millionaire, and his son has gone missing down in Chile. He's a uh, geologist, and he's gone missing amid some very strange circumstances. Uh, Chile, as 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 you may know, is just infamous for its earthquakes. Oh, the yeah. Strong, the strongest earthquakes ever recorded, 9.6 or something was down there. Um, you know, the tectonic plate are just continually moving under one another. Mm-hmm. But th- there's been a there's been an increase in the story in, excuse me, earthquake activity down in Chile. As a result, there's these lights shooting out of the ground that you can see from outer space. There's these huge bright lights during these earthquakes. And, you know, they're somehow tied to the, to the uh, fellow's missing son. And could you, you know, Sid and Alex, could you go down there and, and help me find my son? Uh, let me just let me know that he's alive. And um, the Sid and Alex are reluctant, you know. So they say no at the end of the first book. But obviously in the story, you can tell how, how intrigued they are. Of course. So at the at the start of the third book, here they are. They're going down to they're arriving in Santiago. But at the end of that second book, I had no earthly idea what those lights were, where they were coming from, or how they related to the story. And uh-huh. I, I mean, I had to, I had to come up with all of that. And and the only thing I knew for sure is I wanted to ultimately go to Easter Island and explain and and dramatize those 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 my, mystical mythical statues. Yeah. And so, in answer to your question, that's all I knew when I started the third book. Wow, that's interesting. Um, one of the things that, a, a couple of things that are available to authors right now, audiobooks. And any of your books, are they available as audiobooks yet? They will be. They're not yet. Um, There's a lot of good narrators out there, I can tell you that. There, there really are. Um, I live in Helena. Montana and the local college is is Carroll College. Um, it's a Catholic college, small. Um, and I got to know the uh, the head of the drama department there. Oh. And we produced a I wanted to produce I wanted to produce an audiobook, but not just with narration. I wanted to do it like the old radio shows. Yeah, like with a cast and everything, sound effects, the whole deal. Yeah, I hear. I mean, you know, talking about sci-fi, what was better than War of the Worlds? Oh yeah, absolutely. Scared scared the hell out of the whole nation, right? Sure did. Uh, I mean, and so and and they did it, and they stood up there, and these actors, they had their scripts and the sound of you know the Foley guys, and it was just so so I want to do that. And we did, and I got the whole drama department involved, and all these kids, and and I had a. Uh, uh, a whole a whole bunch of people, and it was a lot of fun. 
the 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 audio recording of it was just awful. The 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 uh, I never realized how difficult sound is. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can I, tell you it is. Yeah, yeah, you know you you. you well, I deal it, with it every day, literally. And some of my yeah. early recordings are like, oh, like oh boy. Yeah, yeah. And so and again, I had all this. So and elements are still good, and but I had to take it down because the audio just wasn't good enough in despite of all our efforts. But I did get make a good friends with uh, Chuck Fiscal, Disco, who was the head of the drama department, who also became the narrator of the show. Oh, now, Chuck, now, my, now my buddy Chuck has moved to Panama, as in Panama Canal. Yeah. Um, and he's down there and he goes, Steve, you know, you know, he just has this wonderful, you know how some people just have that resonance in there. Oh, yeah. It just vibrates, you know. Yep. It's a gift. Uh, it, it's a gift. And, and either you got it or you don't. I mean, look right. at, I mean, Morgan Freeman, how could you not just hang uh, on to every could, word? Could read the phone book and I'd listen. I know. And, he, and you just adore the man. Yeah, uh, he's great. And anyway, Chuck has that special resonance in his voice. So right now, uh, we are right in the middle of um, uh Chuck down down in Panama, he is recording the first chapter of each of the three books for me. Oh, nice! And I am going to put those up on my website as 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 teasers. Now, also my my publisher uh, with Speaking Volumes, Kurt Mueller, his business before running this publishing company was in Santa Fe for years. He had an audio recording studio. Oh, there you go. So he's all over this too. He has he's been out of the business, but he'd kind of like to get that going again as a it's you know, a very hot market, I can tell you that right now. Well, I'm glad you said that. I, I that's that's uh that's a incentive. I highly recommend any author right now to okay. do an audio book version of their thing because people carry it around and they could listen to it in this thing, which is my phone. There you go. You can listen to it in your phone. So, I mean, that's the beauty of it. You can download it from Amazon or Audible, wherever, and you can listen to it on your phone. You can take it with you. And that is so, yes. so powerful. And, I, I mean, people people listen to my podcast on long drives sometimes. Yeah, so, I was going to say, when you're driving, that's a wonderful yeah. thing. And it's not too distracting. You know, It's I mean, not distracting at all. You can kind of, you know... We visit these different interviews in different worlds, and uh, there's a lot of great audio content right now in science fiction being done. And so, I highly, I highly endorse that for any author, regardless of the subject, to do an is audio. It all, is it all narration? Did, did, it's did, some of it. It. I I look at it as a performer because if the narrator also performs it, because he is reading as the character. Yes, it's the proper nuances. So it's really a performance. It's a different form of acting, and you can. And then they also take a step back and tell you what's going on as well. But when the character speaks, it's a performance. As far as I'm, you know, you know, it's interesting you would say that. There was a movie. There was a movie by Tom Hanks. It, what it should have been a better movie than it was, and I don't really know why. The world, the world news. Um, um, oh yeah, yeah. I I remember that. It, yeah, it kind uh, of came and went, unfortunately. But I I remember that movie. Um, uh, news of the world. News, news of the of world. The world. 
Yeah, um, he was a story, but he was a storyteller, and, and he yeah. was a story. In the old West, which I watched it. I watched it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why the heck they had to go to Australia to do it. They could have done it in New Mexico or or, or, or hung out in Vegas. Yeah. But they give them all kinds of really juicy tax credits and they can't say no. Yeah. I had I had I knew a producer producer in L.A. Ray Wagner. He's passed away now. He did RoboCop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The The minute Ray got the contract for RoboCop, he took the whole thing to Rome, to Italy. To do it, what you know? I mean, not necessarily. But anyway, getting back to Tom Hanks, and I've watched this several times ago. There's, it's maybe a total of three minutes. In, but when he gets up to read the news, exactly what you said, he performs the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really and, the key. That's really and the key. and in his demeanor and in his voice to the audience, he's saying without saying, "I like you." You know, and yeah. I am here, and I am here. Now, in the news today, and from St. Louis, we find that there is there has been a bank robbery. You know, and it's yeah, just a- yeah. no. It's a it's a it's a talent that I do not possess, but I totally admire it. No, I do too. I'm I, very jealous of it. Now, I, I do. We do have to wrap, but I do want to ask you. As far as I ask this of every author, you have three mm-hmm. books. What's your feeling on ebooks and uh, literally a person carrying around in their phone, their iPad and stuff and reading it that way? And I always, always say the caveat. Personally, I do like the tactile experience of reading it as a book as well. And and many, many people are exactly like you, like the tactile, sensual feel and smell of a book. And the bind when it gets, you've read it and the bind, you know, it, it, it's, it bends yeah, it's a little just, bit. It's, 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 it's like the paperback, but not the hardcover. And, and, then, and then you put it on the shelf and you have it. It's always. Yeah, it's, it's always there. there. You can take it with you that way. It's, but obviously. It's part of you. But, but, you know, I, it, I, as an ebook, you have a lot of options, obviously. I, I have, a, you know, I, I have a lot, of, a lot of followers on Instagram and I talk to them all the time and I personalize virtually every contact. And some of the, some of these ladies, they only want, they only read print books, and a whole bunch of them read uh, read ebooks. So I've had this conversation more than once with with Kurt, with my publisher, and I go, "How big is this market? What, you know, what are we doing here?" It's huge. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. And, it and, is yeah. huge. And and w- one answer is eighty five percent of book sales are of some books are ebooks. Yeah. Half of the sales are other. The the numbers are skewed because by the big five umbrella publishers that put out the hard the hard copies, you know, to see on the Costco table. That's one thing. But the the ebook is is as you say, it's handy, it's easy. Now I have some ladies that go that I talk to, you know, they all oh, hurts my eyes. And other people say that's all that's that's all I read. But the cool thing about ebooks is it doesn't really cost us as writer or or my publisher to put it out so we can really, really offer a good deal. Yeah, it is um, a good deal. It's a very good deal. And, and on my three books right now, the, the print books are $14, $15, $17 respectively, respectively but the, the e-books right now are $2.99 each. Yeah, that's pretty good. And, and you know, uh, uh, heck. I just want to let people know that really a good place to find you is Stephensteelbooks.com. 
there you can order it. And if you click on the link, as I did to see where it goes, it takes you to Amazon, which of course. <laughs> knows how to package a book and sell and send it to you. And you know you're going to get it from there because that's the way they're built. So definitely check that out. And uh, there's also, I, I, I like the trailers that you have on there for all three of the books. Oh, good. That on there. So that's, yeah, those are fun to produce. Yeah. All right. Is there, um, briefly before we go, is there another one in this series you're working on or another three perhaps? There's the, the, the book, the, the readers all say that the trilogy, which is, um, you know, yeah. this, that one there, um, that it, that it uh, ends really, really nicely for the for Sid and Alex. But in the process, in the second book, we introduce, in the third book, we have a major player of Sam and uh, Nikki, which are uh, Bahamian treasure hunters, and, oh. and and Nikki is a is a, is a, a psychic and intuitive. At the end of that book. We set up for the new series, which is called Treasure Islands, Islands Plural. And oh. we got, and it's said the Bahamas, the treasure, the treasure of, uh, of, of Grand Bahama Island, the, the treasure of uh, Inagua Island, and, and so on and so forth. And each one, uh, Sam and Nikki, they'll, they'll dive for a treasure, they bring it up, and it brings up not only the treasure, but the people connected to it and the past lives connected to it. And it's about how the past lives affect these people now and, and, the, and the truth about whatever how, whatever brought this tissue to the bottom mm -hmm. and all of the adventures around that. So Sam mm -hmm. and uh, Sam and Nikki are, are really fun characters. And they, uh, again, you meet them in the third book and they're the ones that carry on. Hey, when do you think the, the first book will be available? I don't know. Um, I've just finished a, a, a major work of upmarket, what we call upmarket fiction, which is which is kind of commercial literature, mm -hmm. um, uh, which is in my drawer. It hasn't been presented to the publishers yet, but I, I I may go more that direction. It's called Passengers in Time, and it's about the past and present lives of the main characters and how our past lives in the, in the book affect our present life and how people from the past show up again to – you know, whatever we didn't get right in the last life, we get a chance to do it again. But it's it's all connected with past lives. So this book, this Passages in Time, has five different past lives in it that are intertwined with with the present life. Now, again, you can call that science fiction if you want, but it's also very, very interesting. The answer, I don't know when Sam and Nikki are going to have their adventures. I'm I'm getting some, some pressure to uh, to produce that series, but uh, we'll see how it goes. That sounds good. Stephen Steele, stephensteelbooks.com. Check it out. And really interesting. Uh, I mean, you definitely tackle subjects I have not heard of before. So I appreciate you very much having me on the show. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you all for listening to Sci-Fi Talk. Until the very next time, take care.